Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. School holidays can be very interesting. On one hand, if you get holidays, you can have some exciting time to share with your kids. On another hand, it can be the biggest headache trying to work out who will care for them when you're at work. Most of us have a mix of both of these things, and both of these things can cost money. Kate Brown is the personal finance expert at finder.com.au, and she's here to give us some tips on how to manage budgets over the holiday period. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hello. Now, I know you have two girls, and you are a full-time working parent. Yes. So this is something that you would deal with most holidays as well. Yeah, and gosh, the holidays, as anyone that has school-aged children knows, holidays are all around so damn fast. It's yeah. it's amazing. And it's like, especially the Christmas break. So yeah. that first Christmas break when your kids are in kindy mm. just is mind-blowing. Six weeks. Yeah. And look, the maths does not add up. We have kids, you know, um, who are on five to six weeks holiday over the summer. Collectively, most of us have four weeks best holidays, unless maybe we're teachers, um, the maths doesn't add up for a start. And it is an alarmingly long period of time to have to find <laughs> something for your kids to do or for someone to look after them as well, if you need to work through some of that time. Yeah. Um, so if you work, let's look at the different scenarios. If you work, when you do get time off with your kids, you, you want to spend that time having a good time. How can you do that without spending lots of money? It, <laughs> it's so hard. And I, I remember one of the first times, and I had both daughters at school, and I did take quite a few weeks off over the summer, and my husband had to work. And I thought, yeah, this is going to be so fun. And so on the first day, we went out, we saw a movie. That was like north of $60, I think, with the tickets and the popcorn. And, and then they wanted to have dumplings, and we had dumplings, and then they had gelato. And I realized <laughs> we'd only been out for half a day, and I just about bankrupted myself. And I just thought, this is not sustainable. No. Um, and it is. It can really rack up. Um, and like you said, you want to do fun things. It's holiday for everybody, but you really it, it can really rack up very quickly and and not always be a lot of fun for the parent involved, especially if you're shelling out north of sixty bucks for a movie that you probably don't even want to see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's that. How do you manage it? Is it about planning? Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I love that you pulled a face when you said planning because that's how I feel. Um, look, here's a couple of tips. If you're really organised and you plan, that's awesome. But look, even if you don't like some things that I learned, probably the hard way, things like public transport. You know, if you live in a larger city, public transport is really cheap. But what I've found is children absolutely love it, especially different kinds of public transport, especially if it's not in peak hour, for example. Like my girls often ask if they can go on the bus um, or the ferry or, or, you know, in my part of the world, there's a light rail. I remember my oldest daughter when she was little loved the big train, which was like, you know, just heavy rail compared to light rail. So, you know, if you have an Opal card or a Go card, depending on what your my key, depending on what state you're in, you know, make sure everyone's got one of those. You can actually get around your city or your area quite easily. And often the kids will find that quite entertaining in itself. And so it can take half the day. I was as just well. going to say, it, <laughs> it also stretches consuming. out the day. Um, I used to quite like, you know, I'm in Sydney. I used to love 
sitting on the bus, you know, into the city from my neighborhood. Um, it would sometimes take 40 minutes, but my daughter would be like pinned to the window and really engaged. And I could kind of just zone out. It was quite relaxing. So, <laughs> you know, and then once you get into cities or, you know, big regional areas, there's often like lots of things going on. Um, you know, there's parks. Um, so you can be a little bit creative and, and stretch your budget and kind of have a, a reasonably interesting and entertaining day for, for not a lot of cash. But some other ideas is, you know, if you live near the coast, you know, do a day trip to the beach rather than trying to go away and rent an apartment. You know, you might have the cost of petrol or, again, public transport, but, you know, that that will can, can be reasonably cost-effective. And if you really want to double down, pack lunches, pack snacks. Kids are just always happy to eat. It doesn't always have to be <laughs> from a shop. Um, gelato is optional. That doesn't travel well. Things like libraries and universities often have really interesting free events as well. So in terms of planning, yeah, see what's available in the community because you might be quite surprised at what's happening. And I often think we tend to do this when we visit other cities, but we don't tend to do it, or, or, or towns, we don't tend to do it in our own. And I know I took my family to Melbourne recently and my kids were like, there's always stuff going on here. And I thought, hang on, there probably is in Sydney, but we're not doing the things that we do. So try and think like a tour, a budget-friendly tourist. <laughs> think back to the days when you're backpacking. Totally, yeah, with, with the two-minute noodles and the, the packed sandwich. Oh, the kids would love that. They love oh. two-minute noodles. And they love picnics. So, yeah, like I think, you know, particularly in the summer holidays, we're blessed with good weather. Make the most of it. Get out there and, and try and do some of those days rather than focusing. I know if I ask my kids, all they want to do is go to those big shopping malls um, and that just means me <laughs> opening my wallet a lot and, um, yeah, I don't find that very fun. Have an itinerary. Exactly. So you just mentioned that you took quite a few weeks off at one point and probably spent most of your budget on the first day. Oh, yeah. How, how do you avoid that trap? I mean, you've mm. given us some ideas on how to um, do things that you, know, you don't need to spend less money on. Mm. Is that planning, again, in terms of, okay, we'll spend half a day at home or we'll go out for just the afternoon? Or I think, yeah, I think eking out those sort of big ticket items is smart. Don't do what I do and do it all on the first day. <laughs> that was the mistake um, I made with Luna Park. Oh, you did say. it too. You've made me feel so oh, much better. And it would have cost way more because the oh. thing what we did was I have obviously not been to Luna Park since I was a kid. This right. is Luna Park in yes. Sydney. And so I had arranged, I thought, we'll just catch the ferry. And I didn't look it up because I was thinking, oh, you get there and you buy tickets and you use the yeah. tickets to get on different rides, right? Not no. anymore, people. Oh, no. You have to buy a ticket per person like you're going to Disneyland. And we had taken several ferries to oh, get wow. there. The kids yes. were so excited. And we got there and I realized that it was going to slay me financially. Oh, and I goodness. just couldn't let them down. Yes. So yeah. they're paying for it going, oh. <laughs> So that was definitely, I didn't do my research. Yeah, research it's, it is important. It is. It's boring, but it's it's good to research. But look, we're all at, like, we've got some really interesting data from Finders. So we've done some research recently. So just around Christmas, summer, like, most households are spending at least, and this is the average, so some mm. people are going way above this, 
over $1,000 more at Christmas than they would normally. So, wow. And that's on things like travel, presents, um, you know, food, decorations. So obviously rolling Christmas into this. But generally in summer, we're already spending you know, a yes. lot of time socialising, going out. The weather's great. There's time to do things. There's catch-ups. There's presents. There's spending money. There's travel. So you're probably already going to be over budget. So when you layer on school holidays on top of that, you, you really need to be mindful of what you're spending and what you're doing. Yeah. I'm starting to think about how much I've spent already. Oh, just we... be an ostrich. No, no, don't do that. I can't <laughs> say that, can I? No, you can't. You're personal finance I'm a former expert. ostrich who's now a personal finance guru. <laughs> All right. So um, you mentioned there we're kind of talking about staycations mm. there, like if you're staying in your home city or hometown, um, that you make use of what's there. If you're going away, yeah. there can be traps there as well, can't there, in terms of spending? Oh, yeah. There's like, I don't know, I call it like holiday money where you just go into denial or airport money where things you buy at the airport don't count. Um, yeah, look, travel's really fun. And again, obviously, we don't want to be like a massive downer. Everyone's having a holiday. You want to have a good time. But yeah, it is a good idea to be savvy. There's always discounts on travel and entertainment. And at Finder, we list codes and discounts for everything so that's a really good place to go we actually if you go like finder.com.au backslash deals we'll have all the deals there and you can save money get discounts so it's always really important to do that and I guess I've learned since working at finder how how important that is and how much money you can save so that's a really good thing holidays again you do need a budget so you really want to work out you know do you want to spend money on activities or you're going to do one activity and then have a few days at the beach or wherever you are you know not not doing those expensive activities and and sort of, you know, um, balance it out so you're not just sort of hemorrhaging money every day. And with all travel, like some people love to budget down to the last dollar. Other people don't want to think about it too much. But if, you know, if you don't want to think about it too much, maybe just think about the, the amount you have. And try and not just try to spend more. and not spend more than that. So that would be a really great start. Especially when kids are small. I find that my children, you take them to a, just a different environment and mm. it's exciting. And they're happy to play in the pool or go to the beach. And for them, that is a whole day activity. You don't have to overthink it. I think sometimes we do put an adult lens on our children's experiences. I know I've done it. And, and, and what you just said is so true. I think, you know, again, I learned the hard way. Find somewhere with a pool. Find a friend's house with a pool. Or st- we, we went and visited some friends in a big four caravan park. And at the time, you know, I was all like, ooh, I'd never stay in one of those. And my girls thought it was the best thing. They like still Disneyland. talk about it. And I'm like... They don't appreciate kind of tasteful apartments where I'm like, don't touch that. You might break it late. They had a great time. And look, again, I learned the hard way. Camping is really fun. Um, I was a reluctant camper, but I realized, you know, there's not much you can break. The kids absolutely love it. It's ultimately relaxing for the adults once you get there and set everything up because you don't have to do anything. So, yeah, sometimes think a bit more laterally. Don't take your child to Paris and expect them to enjoy all the all the, all the art galleries, for example, you know, that you you, you probably going to find out they're not going to love it yeah now the other thing of course and this is like that um patchwork quilt of care that most of us work out if you're at work Mm. there are so many different things you can get your kids into there are there's the after school care option there's holiday camps do we know with those sorts of Mm. things what the most affordable ones are yes yeah probably the most affordable ones are going to be the ones that are run through the school. Now, not all schools run them, unfortunately, and I do have friends that go to schools that don't offer vacation care programs. 
I'd check that before choosing a school. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Certainly my daughter's school does, and it's terrific programs. They usually do two or three excursions through the week. If they're, you know, staying on site, they usually have something interesting come in. They might do cooking. Um, and it can be quite cost-effective because those government rebates um, and, and subsidies are usually the same as they would be for your childcare or your after-school care, for example. So you will get quite a bit of money back. They're not always cheap. I know some of them, the external, you know, the excursions rather than the incursions can be like sort of $95 a day, which is still expensive. Yes. Um, But they are long care. So they often open at 7.30 in the morning and close at 6, which for working parents who've got to commute is what you're going to need. Beyond schools, which is definitely the most cost-effective way to do it, there are community groups like PCYC clubs um, and holiday programs that, you know, are fairly budget-friendly. If you do want to spend money, there's heaps of things they can do. What I've found is a lot of them don't have particularly helpful hours. So a lot of them start at nine, which is when I need to be at my desk, Um, not sending them off with a tennis racket. And a lot finish at, at three. And that's inconvenient. Some will then charge you extra. So you need to be careful if you sign up for this because you may... They may not have anything after three, and if they do, you're going to pay extra. So you need to take that into account for the cost. So they can be terrific. But again, like you said, patchwork such a great description. You need to work out, you know, yeah, if you're going to do this fun um, gymnastics camp or tennis camp, but it's like over 100 bucks a day, you know, maybe mix it up with some days in the schools. you don't get rebates program. for that you stuff. You do not get rebates. In some states, you can get bonuses on things. There's an, in New South Wales, there's an active kids and creative kids one-off voucher and you can apply for that. Now, some of those programs might be accredited, but that's one-off. So it's going to take a little bit of the sting out. Definitely use it. I know lots of people aren't aware of these, and I know there's equivalents in other states. Check it out. It'll take the sting out. But, yeah, look, they're, they're not massively affordable. So I think... A lot of parents do go for that patchwork thing. The other thing is to look at, you know, your kids' friends and see if you can do a bit of a sharing arrangement with their parents. So maybe if you or your partner have a day at home, have their kids over, and that keeps your kid entertained, and then they'll take your child. And I think, you know, parents kind of work that out pretty quickly when they've done a few school holidays. Yeah. Oh, well, Kate, thank you so much for all that advice. Ah, I'm worn out already <laughs> from the school holidays. <laughs> That's Kate Brown. She's the personal finance expert at finder.com.au. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Hold up. 